Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film Sleepy Hollow. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do proceed and listen without having seen it, just be aware that we may talk about elements of the plot that might be spoilers. I'd also like to take this opportunity to say that this episode is sponsored by the Good Comics New Releases 2021 Kickstarter. Um, Some of you may or may not know that um, I run a small indie comics publisher along with my friends Samuel Williams and Rosie Hathaway. And we are running a Kickstarter for our five new books that we're going to be releasing in January. Um, we've got a fair way to go till we reach our funding goal, even though it's going well so far. And it's a really amazing and diverse lineup of comic books that covers all kinds of genres. It comes from all sorts of places. And I'm really, really proud of the books. So um, please check out our Kickstarter and consider backing it and supporting your local indie comic scene. Now, on with the podcast. Oh, and the, uh, the link to that is in the show notes, obviously. Oh, sorry, um, Christopher Walken was just um, visiting me just now. <laughs> Hello. How's it going? Do you like that I've made my room dark just for you, especially for the show? It's very spooky. I'm loving it. It's definitely see. not because the light bulb, the light switch is broken, so the lights are on all the time, so I've had to take the bulbs out. It's definitely not because of that. <laughs> definitely not. Definitely it's because... I love Halloween. Do you want to see a pumpkin? Do you want to see a massive pumpkin? I always want to see a pumpkin. Dear God, that look at that bad boy! I'll put a photo in the show notes. But yeah, it's the great pumpkin. We went to the pumpkin patch on the weekend. Eric chose some pumpkins, and now he's obsessed with pumpkins. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but he's down with the autumn. Down with autumn, down with pumpkins. Does he like pumpkin pie? Is he is he at an age where he can consume pumpkin pie? Yeah. Are you feeling autumnal? I'm feeling autumnal. I enjoy a bit of autumn. I'm sure the rain drumming on my roof that you can hear is also making you feel autumnal. <laughs> I can't actually hear it. It's fine. Um, oh, good. Well, the recording's picking it up, so our listeners will be treated to that. Well, that's you good. It's good. People. It's going to make it sound um, sound very Halloweeny, isn't it? You just need a little bit of thunder here and there, yeah, and an owl hooting. <laughs> exactly. They always um, make they always hoot in ways that like, you'd never hear an owl hooting in real life. Yeah, yeah. Um, owls known for doing things other than hooting um shrieking a lot <laughs> like that <laughs> they do a lot of shrieking um and hissing owls hiss as well they do actually yeah i've i've seen some owls hiss before believe it or not i told you about when i a few years ago we went to birdworld for my birthday which is a real place near us and I got to fly the owl in the owl show in front of a loaded bunch of kids. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. It was a barn owl, but I got to meet some other owls, including Mozart the eagle owl and a great grey owl who was scared of clouds. Oh. I think I might have been to Birdworld when I was a, a wee whippersnapper. Oh, yeah? I think it's been around yeah, for a long time. Yeah, it's been around a while, hasn't it? I think because we are in relatively close proximity um, yeah. to one another. By, by American terms, we are literally next to <laughs> Yeah, we'd be commuting distance, wouldn't we, if it was America? Um, yeah, by British terms, because we're in different counties, we should be hating each other and be ready to kill each other. Well, exactly. That's how this country works. Yeah. Um, yeah, the insurmountable distance of about an hour and a half, two hours. It's not even that. I think I could get to you in an hour. Oh, wow, okay. Well, that's, why aren't you? <laughs> part, part Sorry, COVID. yeah. Yeah, there's a 2020 catch-all excuse, COVID. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so people who should be socially distancing 
are the people in Sleepy Hollow, our movie this week. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good segue. I like that. <laughs> Thank you. I try. I try. Um, had you seen Sleepy Hollow before? No, I, I actually had not. And it's one of those ones where it's, it's not because I had any desire to avoid it. It's just not the kind of thing I would usually choose. Um, but also, in, as you know, I, I'm not fond of Tim Burton. And also in my head, I mixed I mix this up all the time with Sleepy Hollow. Um, with <laughs> Sleepy Hollow, it is Sleepy Hollow. With um, Sweeney Todd. Oh, and right, at yeah. first, though, I went. I spent about half a week thinking that that was what you'd chosen. I didn't watch it, thankfully. <laughs> but I thought, has Rob chosen a musical for Halloween? Has he lost <laughs> his mind? <laughs> uh, I am glad that you did not watch uh, Sweeney Todd because I fucking hate that movie. Um, yeah, I really hate Sweeney Todd. It's a well. Now I quite want to want to watch it so that I can hear you talk about how much you hate it. <laughs> it is a very very bad um, film. Um, in, is it because it's got songs in it? Yeah, well, that's partly the problem. The main problem is that all the songs are bad and they're sung by people who can't sing, um, but not in a fun way like, um, like Mamma like Mia, Mia and Mamma Mia 2, um, but in yeah. a bad way because it's a bad film. Um, come fight me, Tim Burton stands. Um, <laughs> but I'd. Yeah, they're, they're all too weak to move, so it's fine. <laughs> They're all pale, pale, you know, stitched up skeleton people. Exactly. Who can only move in stop motion. This is stop motion. This is stop motion. Um, By the way, I just looked up how long it would take me to drive to your house. 55 minutes. Oh, wow. You're bang on. Yeah. If there's no traffic. Which there isn't at the moment. So come on over. We'll watch, um, we'll watch, (laughs) we'll watch Sweeney Todd. Um, (laughs) Yeah. We've never recorded a light like an episode together. No, have we? we haven't actually. It's always been remote. That's the, when when Sitting across the table from each when other. When COVID is over, um, that should be something that we do. I'll come up to you and we'll definitely we'll do a do a recording. Um, that would be swell. So uh, I like Tim Burton. I think we've discussed this all, already on the podcast that you yeah. don't like him. Well, very let, let much. me say out of the gate that I did enjoy this film. Oh, so good, I good. do think that I, I don't hate all of his work, and I think that some of it is good. So I'm willing to admit that. Um, whereas I'm a fan of Tim Burton, I think the late 80s through to the end of the 90s, I think he does not put a foot wrong in any of his films. Um, what about a hand? <laughs> Specifically a scissor hand. Or a hand. scissor hand. Um, so so looking, at, looking at his movies, it's hard to, to think of a stronger decade than he had or, or just over a decade. So his first... Have you seen Beetlejuice? Beetlejuice, I think, is a... I've never seen that either. Oh. Again, that was one. There was there were always like trailers for it on on VHS tapes that I had, and I always thought it looked a bit bit weird. It is weird, but it's also very very funny um, and very well directed. It was his first um, his first feature length movie, and oh, I do I do I, I do, do adore Gina Davis. So well, it's got a, got a lot of Gina point. Davis action in it, um, and then he did Batman, of course, um, the Prince Batman. See, I like um, that one too. Edward Scissorhands, which is a very good movie as well, I would say. Um, which I think I may be on the fence about. It's been a very long time since I've seen it, and I remember liking it at the time, but maybe thinking that I was only liking it because I felt like I should like it because it was this quirky film that like interesting, quirky people like. Whereas actually, maybe I didn't like it as much as I felt like I should like it. But it's been too long and I can't really remember it that I need to watch it to reassess that point of well, view. Well, that's something that we could watch um, for the podcast at another time, actually. Um, Edward Scissorhands because yeah. it does fit our template very well. Um, I found that with Edward Scissorhands, I liked it a lot, and then lots of very irritating people really liked it, and it put me off it for a while. And then I rewatched it and thought, no, I was right to like it in the first place. This is a good film. And I, th- I think that's part of why I, I generally think that I don't like Tim Burton when it's actually probably unfair. I think what I really don't like is, as you say, the irritating people like his work, <laughs> which is similar to to my dislike of Quentin Tarantino. But there is none of his work that I actually like. You've, and it's a lot more pronounced because he himself is a bit of an arse. We have well. established that you have not watched enough of his work to make a true judgment. <laughs> I have. I've seen half of Reservoir Dogs <laughs> and half of Pulp Fiction. That's all you need. Um, yeah. yeah, one of these days we're gonna do a we're gonna do a Tarantino month and we're gonna make you watch oh, we're gonna make you watch four Tarantino movies. Kill me we'll, now. We'll do back-to-back months. Which is what would happen I'll, in a Tarantino I'll do, I'll do Tarantino and then you can pick someone I hate 
and we can. Okay, can do who do you, who do you? I hate? don't know. I'll give it. I'll give it some thought. Um, I don't. I can't think of directors that you hate. This is no, <laughs> no. Or or maybe an actor you're, that I I I don't like the work of in general. I'll I'll give it some yeah, thought. You're too fair, too just <laughs> with your opinions. Um, but but after Edward Scissorhands, he did the second Batman movie, which is. I'm going to say something controversial here. I think it might be the best Batman film. Batman Returns. Yeah, so Danny is... DeVito is the Penguin. I don't know if I've seen Michelle this. Pfeiffer is Catwoman. Um, hijinks ensue. It's very gothic. It's very dark. Um, it's a totally unique movie. Um, and I really, really love it. Um, uh, then Edward, which is an underrated uh, film. Uh, Mars Attacks, which is genuinely hilarious. Um, and Sleepy Hollow. That is a funny film. I, I love Mars Attacks. It's Pierce Brosnan, man. It's got Pierce Brosnan. What, yeah. what, what more can you want? You can't go wrong with that. Um, and then Sleepy Hollow. I mention, uh, noticed that I did not mention Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas, because guess what, guys? No, you he did, did not. not direct it. Who directed it? So it was directed by um, this, this person who's very uh, au fait with stop-motion animation called Henry Selick. Um, no relation to Tom Selleck. In fact, they're they're spelt differently. The greatest um, man ever, who I'm modelling my look on, at the moment. <laughs> which I'm fully in, in fully in favour of. Um, I've been getting a lot of good compliments on the moustache, even from the opposing team when I'm playing baseball. Playing baseball. Watch out for that guy. He's got a good moustache. Um. So so Henry Selleck. Um. So uh, Tim Burton wrote the story and the and the characters. I think it was a book potentially that he did. Um, but then the adaptation was then written by somebody else and then directed by Henry Selick, who um, has done some really good stop motion movies. He did the James and the Giant Peach film from the 90s. Yes. Um, and did That's Coraline right. as well. Which I did like. I, I child, like it a lot. It scared the hell out of me. Um, and then he directed Coraline based on the Neil Gaiman um, book. Yeah, which I don't care for. Um, I tried to watch it and I had to turn it off. I, I really like it. It's very horrible. Um yeah, <laughs> which is what I, I I like. I like horrible stop motion animation stuff, um, and yeah, so I, I really like it. I think he's a very talented and very unique director. Um, but yeah, so he didn't direct Nightmare Before Christmas. Before you all get on my back about not mentioning it, um, but <laughs> but I would say that Sleepy Hollow is kind of overlooked when it comes to his cinema, his sort of cinema history, his his. Um, his back catalogue of great movies. Um, but I'd say it's the last really good film that he directed, Tim Burton. Um, yeah, I think that's Because after that, you've got the the odd movie that's um, that's decent, you know, Big Fish, um, Corpse Bride I like. Um, yeah, that, that, that can F off. <laughs> have, you seen, have you seen Corpse Bride then? Again, I think I tried to watch it and I just, oh, at that point I was over, over it and that, oh, that was for... <laughs> E- were, emo people you were you were like and not oh. the kind of emo people that i was where it's from the punk rock tradition the kind of emo people who are like sort of wet goths <laughs> the wet milk goth. you know what i mean that's those are the kind of people who really like tim burton films the yeah, wet goths yeah. drama students wet milk drama student goths <laughs> exactly exactly um who really really love it and 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 yeah i, I think after that he's not really I, I think that after Sleepy Hollow, I don't think he's really been able to recreate that same level of quality. Um, you know, there's some real clangers in there. The Charlie and the Chocolate Factory adaptation he did is, is fucking I, I awful. I have seen that. Really bad. That is not Terrible good. film. Um, but then, you know, I've heard that his Dumbo was quite interesting. And he is going back to do... I was chatting with a friend of the podcast, Ollie Carey, a couple of days ago about that, actually. And he said that it's actually quite enjoyable and quite good. And that a lot of it is Danny DeVito and Alan Alder just like having business meetings. Yeah. And I quite <laughs> yeah, like the idea I, of that. Exactly. I've heard, and I've heard that there's some critiques of like Disney as a company, which you've got to say with a grain of salt, because if they were really scathing, Disney would never have let it be released. Um, and as we know, Disney are an evil company. That everything is going towards satanic rituals with them. Um because mm-hmm. they're because they're well you know what i like the idea of with tim burton frankenweenie that's the dog yeah yeah Z- zombie dog i'm quite down with the idea of that i mean it's it's not just because i'm a sucker who'll watch any dog film but it's also maybe because i'm a sucker who'll watch any dog film <laughs> well give it a watch but this looks like a laugh give it a watch and tell me what you think um yeah yeah i've not seen it because like you said you kind of get over that shtick you know 
after a while, don't you? Um, and and it's it's interesting because kind of the parallels to Johnny Depp's career are quite quite obvious, really, aren't they? In the around the same time, Johnny Depp, yeah, his career started started. You know, it's just a few years later. I think, you know, he had things like um, like the Libertine. Uh, once upon a time in mexico and and the first pirates of the caribbean movie and i think because of the success of pirates of the caribbean he was never really able to not be that character ever again um yeah and 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 every time you see him you're like oh he's about to ask someone to bring him that horizon yeah he's about to ask where the rum's gone um and it and it's interesting that both of them seem to have <laughs> is that a classic jack sparrow line? yeah where's the where's me rum where's, gone? where's all the rum gone it's a line. It's a line from Pirates of the Caribbean one because he's drunk rum and he's a he's a cheeky pirate man. Um, but um, but yeah, I think I think both of them kind of got stuck in this this being typecast for a particular role or a particular movie and never really being able to escape it and never really being able to recreate the magic of of their earlier successes. Um, but I think that, yeah. you know, people think about the early Tim Burton movies. They think about um, they think about Beetlejuice. They think about Edward Scissorhands. But they don't think about Sleepy Hollow in the same way. And I think that's a bit unfair because, for me at least, Sleepy Hollow is is the most concentrated Tim Burton-y Tim Burton movie um, in terms of it being very gothic in its style and its um, its cinematography but also with that hint of humour that keeps it light. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that's fair. Yeah, it, it doesn't seem to have too much nonsense or too much kind of, ooh, this is a bit scary. It's like it just is straight up scary and gothic. And I think, I wonder how much of that is actually less to do with Tim Burton and more to do with the source material. Um, I had a little peek at the original short story um, by Washington Irving earlier this week because it's free on iBooks because all of old books are free on there, which is really cool. And it's, you know, it's, it's a classic gothic horror tale. But um, the the essence of it is actually, of the film, is very, very faithful to it, even though it's something that's been adapted many, many times, including, of course, uh, Ichabod and Mr. Toad, the, the Disney classic. But, um, yeah, it, it's it's hard to, to get it wrong when you're directing that kind of story, isn't it? Not to say that he couldn't have got it wrong if he wanted to, because I'm sure he could have done by having some kind of puppet nonsense or whatever. But... I I think the the source material shines through. Yeah, and I I I think that might be doing Tim Burton a bit of a disservice by saying that it's because it's the source material. Because as we've seen with Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Tim Burton's not afraid to fuck up a good source material. Um, but also, um, he, he's also not afraid to take risks with source material as well, as seen with his Batman movies, which are really, I mean, Batman fucking kills people, man. He's he don't he don't give a shit. He's just He's just pushing people into vats of toxic waste at the end, um, and 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 so he, and doing a bat dance and doing the bat dance, of course. Um, but yeah, so, so he's not afraid to to mess around with it. I think although although some of it is is faithful, um, there's other elements where he's really made uh, a clear effort to to make it entertaining in a more contemporary way. Um, and, yeah. and I think it. I think it. The, really the source works. material obviously doesn't have the same amount of killing and murder and graphic stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so it is this. You know, it's this very. When I think of movies to watch at Halloween, it's basically Sleepy Hollow just immediately springs to mind as a quintessential Halloween movie. It's like that and Crimson Peak. I when when I think of what Halloween is, those are the two that I really think of as that kind of gothic setting yeah (laughs) exactly you know um all all the theatrics that go around you know you you think of cobwebs you think of mist you think of owls hooting um you think of of christopher walken with big sharp teeth (laughs) Um, i really really want to know what was in his script because he doesn't say a single word, he doesn't. Does he? he just shouts. He's literally he's on screen for a total of about four minutes, in which he just has this like horrible sharp teeth face on, going while he kills people. Yeah, and that's what you want in a Halloween film. Yeah, well, what he's he's so effective in those four minutes of screen time. Um, 
yeah. screaming. I think it's one of his most iconic roles. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I genuinely do really love him in this movie. I think he's great in it. Um, just, yeah, silent apart from screaming with big sharp teeth, cutting off people's heads. What more can he want from a performance than that, really? And at the end when he throws the skull and it like magically floats onto the body and then it like becomes his face, you're like, yes, I, I really want, I didn't get enough of horrible screaming Christopher Walken earlier. I was really hoping he'd come <laughs> back. And here he is and again. Here he is, ready to scream once more. Um, yeah, I really love him in this. Can you, after watching this, can you think of anybody else who would have been a better headless horseman than Christopher Walken? No, absolutely not. Exactly. Um, you know, so so so, what more can you ask for from a performance? But I think across the board, there's there are some really great performances in this movie, particularly from the supporting cast. So obviously, you've got Christopher Walken being Christopher Walken, um, but then you know you've got Miranda Richardson, who's who's brilliant in this. Um, one of my favourite Miranda Richardson performances. Um, yeah. Our main man, Michael Gambon. Um, yeah, Casper Van Casper Van Dien as well. The, with the the most chiseled jaw in Hollywood. Um, <laughs> I really love him. I've only seen a few things with him in because he's in a lot of um, not particularly great stuff. But he's he's the lead in Starship Troopers, um, yeah. which is a glorious movie. Um, and um, and yeah, so so I I will always have a soft spot for Casper Van Dien. And when he when he turns up in something, I I'm just always happy. Just like oh, it's Casper Van Dien. He's here. I get to look at his handsome, handsome face. Um, and he's, he's great yeah. as the kind of um, uh, Gaston-style character, I suppose, here. Um, of Brom, <laughs> yeah. who's just, you know, the, 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 high school, the high school jock, but in a gothic village. Um, yeah, he's got that long hair. He, yeah, it looks like he wandered off the set of an 80s metal movie. <laughs> exactly. Metal music yeah, video. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, a, a, move, a music video for a song by, like, Testament or a band of that yeah, level. Yeah, yeah. He'd have been, He'd in, have been that. in that. He would have played, like, an Inquisition member or something like that, wouldn't he? Um, yeah. but, but then, you know, you've got, you've got some real big names here. You've got Richard Griffiths. You've got Ian McDermott. Um, you've got Christopher yeah. Lee as well. Um, but then also people like Steve Waddington and Claire Skinner um, really... I know, Yeah. I was like, it's her off of outnumbered. What's <laughs> yeah, she doing in this? Yeah. Um, so you know, it, it's it's really great. You know, you've got these a brilliant, um, a brilliant cast of of people here, um, and I I think that kind of undermines the performances of Christina Ricci and Johnny Depp a little bit because I I, I don't want to say that they're not good performances, but when you're surrounded by pitch perfect casting, um, it's hard to to keep that character going for the whole of a movie um when there's such incredible punches from 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 minor characters that really stick in the memory if you know what i mean i i 100% agree and i was going to say that i i don't think that johnny depp's performance in this is bad but i don't think it's good either it's quite wooden doing a a british thing and being a british british voiced man for some reason and here i am i'm british and oh i'm incredulous and oh there's something horrible happening in front of me i'm just going to raise my eyebrows slightly yeah um and don't get me wrong this is a much better johnny depp performance than most of the post 2005 johnny depp performances um but you know when when you look at the real highs that he's put out there you know, um, I think that's very unfair to Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger <laughs> Waves or whatever it's called. On Strange Tides. Or, or how about when he, yeah. you know, the best thing is when he took over from a really great performance from Colin Farrell to play Grindelwald and then was just really shit. Oh, God. Yeah. Really that, that's what really annoys me about that is that Colin Farrell in the first Fantastic Beast is fucking brilliant. Um, but he's not Grindelwald. He's a different character. He's he's um, what's he what's he called in that? He's, Percival Graves. Yeah, but he's secretly Grindelwald. But he's got a oh, yeah, mask yeah. on, or he's 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 taken some potion or some shit. He's just the front. Yeah, for for Grindelwald. Yeah, um, yeah, really annoying. But it might be just been because that film, The Crimes of Grindelwald, was so bad. It was like two and a half hours of exposition, and then suddenly it was over. Um, but at least Colin Farrell was able to not be in the rest of the Fantastic Beast movies. So well done. 
well, getting well out. done him when, well done on getting out um <laughs> but yeah um anyway what was i saying yeah so so it's 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 not a classic debt performance by any means it's not his worst by any means um and i think the humor he's able to carry off um he gets blood splattered on him an awful lot and every time he's very disgusted by it um, very bad looking fake blood yeah but but perfect fake blood for a movie like this you know you don't want it to look like real blood here you want it to be neon red to really contrast with the horrible grays of everything else um yeah it is so gray yeah. this film isn't <laughs> yeah. it it's in like like a permanent state of just like overcast cloudiness um and and i really love it i think it i think in terms of atmosphere it's perfect for the for the story of sleepy hollow i think it does a really good job of it um and you know that there's some scenes that i think will stick with me forever you know where he he um chops into the big old tree and blood comes out and then he finds a load of severed heads um, the blood in that looked exactly like the fruit pie that i made this weekend (laughs) yeah it's like a it's like a neon curry you get from a dodgy takeaway isn't it yeah Um, it's yeah it's brilliant i really love i love how outrageous those kind of elements are um and and i think that kind of carries through for a lot of the the special effects as well you know um there's lots of dodgy special effects in in the when when looked at through modern eyes so when they go to see the um the witch in the house and she's got no eyes and you you know clearly at the time that would have been terrifying and now it just looks a bit hokey um yeah but, but i think i think that hokiness like a meme yeah that that hokiness kind of works for it now though i suppose um yeah watching it i was like is this kind of like bad effect because it was 1999 or is there is there some kind of intentionality behind it and i couldn't tell and i i think it's a little bit of both in that i think they were deliberately trying to make it silly and outrageous kind of the same way that sam raimi's movies are always silly and outrageous um and and obviously i think that's helped it age a bit better than it maybe would have done if it was taking itself entirely seriously because you know it's 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 maybe one of the more serious movies that tim burton's done um you know whether it's whether it's the satire behind edward scissorhands or the or the outright comedy of of films like um uh, like beetlejuice um but it's still got that tongue-in-cheek tone to it and i think that's something that that a lot of people overlook with his work is a lot of it is deliberately being a bit naughty in that way and being a bit being a bit tongue-in-cheek and silly yeah there's there is a bit of a humor to it and it's just right because it you don't want it to end up being dour which is our thing we don't like a dour film and this is not dour no no it's um it's always the right level of over the top um and you know he doesn't pull any punches you know kids get decapitated in this movie um (laughs) which yeah i'm all in favor of we need more of that in films um yep and uh, it doesn't happen often does no it? and it's it's still shocking to this day when it when it does happen you think the kid's gonna get out spoiler alert the kid dies well one of the kids dies <laughs> um but um but yeah you, you even here you know if i've not watched it in a while i'll be watching and thinking does the kid escape surely the kids escapes oh no he doesn't okay <laughs> um and 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 you know it's it's kind of one of those taboos that you know in horror movies the kids always survive in in action movies the dogs always survive um yeah and and when someone does make one of those decisions to go away from those tropes it can still have an impact and you know so so kudos to tim burton for for killing a child yeah and you know if the headless horseman's after you you're not going to survive it no no exactly but that's why what was the the jock boyfriend's name bop <laughs> that's why that's why he survives because the horseman's not coming after him. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing is he would have... But then he gets killed. Yeah, he, he would have survived if he just left him alone. But then he pissed off the horseman and the horseman's like, nope, lopping off your head. Not having that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so I think it's I think it still holds up very well. Um, it's one of those films where I j- maybe don't watch it every Halloween, but every other Halloween or pop on Sleepy Hollow, get a nice cup of tea. You know how you know it's a Halloween film? there's pumpkins in it oh yeah fuck loads of pumpkins at the beginning like the the the, like 
kind of pumpkin on a stick jack-o'-lantern imagery is there right at the beginning and you're like that's that's definitely making a statement saying this is a halloween film that i want you to watch at halloween please <laughs> oh yeah exactly um you know the only way that you could make this movie more or uh, make a movie that's more obviously about halloween is to set it at halloween or call it halloween um yeah and and, and that's a niche genre of movies that i really love um is particularly horror movies that are about halloween and you're just like yeah i know what time of year you're going to watch this and then you're going to put it down and not think about it again until the 30th of october <laughs> you know yeah um it's um halloween is the one with frederick von kruger in it right uh exactly yeah um it's it's him and um and he's in your dreams jo- he's got jo- a big face jonathan Voorhees as well as the yeah. other one that's the one. Um, and Mike Myers of um, <laughs> what's him from Wayne's World. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just turns up with a knife going groovy, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. All of those horror movie people, I'm really happy when they're all in the same film. That's what I like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever seen uh, Freddy versus Jason? No, I have not. It is very stupid. <laughs> Um, as, as, which might not come as much of a surprise. Um, How does it stack up against something like Alien versus Predator? It is much better than Alien versus Predator because it knows that it's a joke. Um, whereas the Alien versus Predator movies are trying so hard to be a, a real thing. Um, whereas with Freddy versus Jason, they just realise, hey, we you know we we know why you're watching this. You're watching this to watch two serial killers kill annoying teenagers and then fight each other here's exactly that <laughs> and it's it's yeah. it's it's exactly what you want really um yeah annoying teenagers getting killed is something i do like to see on film yeah i i'm a big fan of dumb slasher movies where lots of teenagers get killed by terrifying serial killers um i really like the friday yeah. the 13th movies and i think the sillier they get the better they are um and it's kind of similar with um with some of the other ones as well so you know um nightmare uh nightmare on elm street um hits this sweet spot where it gets incredibly dumb but still has relatively high production values and that's like the best era of that yeah all of which i only i think i only really know about because of the simpsons treehouse of horror <laughs> and i think like a lot of my idea of what horror movies are comes from that so even right down to something like Sleepy Hollow, like the, the tropes of it and the, the tone of it, I think is something I learned from The Simpsons Treehouse of Horror. Did they do a episode on Sleepy Hollow? I don't even know. Um, I, I'm now thinking of the one where Groundskeeper Willie does the Freddy Krueger thing. Yes. Which I did actually used to find quite scary. That's a very good episode. I like that one. Um, I like the one where they start eating the kids in school. <laughs> that's a that's a really good little snippet of one um i think that's in yeah. the same one where they have the shining uh spoof the shinning yes the shinning do you want to get sued um <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know if they've done if they've done sleepy hollow but i think i think it's it's almost a pastiche of of gothic horror movies overall anyway isn't it <laughs> sleepy hollow yeah because it doesn't take itself too seriously no no exactly um it's and I, I when it opened it reminded me a little bit of the francis ford coppola dracula that we watched last year and um it turns out that francis ford coppola did some kind of little production on this but not very much which is interesting but i felt like there was a, a shared sensibility to it although this doesn't have yeah, the 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 supreme weirdness of gary oldman in that film with his heart-shaped hair <laughs> But um, yeah. there was a, th- a through line, I think, from that film to this one that I, I appreciated. Yeah, I agree. I think that it's part of the reason why I think it works so well is it understands the theatrics of Gothic um, in a way that not many movies do. Um, and I, I, I think that really works in its favour is it, it, it knows that with with the Gothic sensibility, particularly that kind of period Gothic piece, um you can push the boat out and you can make things that look really pretty and make things that look really strange in that way um you know there's no way in hell that the the way that the woods and the town is designed in this movie is realistic in any way it's all incredibly stylized um and that works perfectly in its favor yeah 
Um, I also would have loved to have seen Keanu Reeves as Ichabod Crane. <laughs> I would also have liked to have seen that. That would have been brilliant. Um, <laughs> yeah, that would have been very good. Um, but but yeah, I I, th- I think it works really well, and um, yeah, I think more people who like Tim Burton should revisit Sleepy Hollow. Um, yeah, for sure. Because yeah, it doesn't have the 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 teen nonsense of of the tragedy of Edward Scissorhands, um, but you know what it does have. It has sharp-toothed Christopher Walken screaming incoherently. <laughs> yeah, while he cuts people's heads off yeah. again and again and again. <laughs> it's got loads of people getting decapitated. But um, eventually he's at peace. He is, he is. He, he, the, the curse is sort of lifted. Um, After he's killed Miranda Richardson. Yes. Um, who is the real villain of this movie, it's worth pointing out. She is the wrong yeah. Um, the evil stepmother, um, in a nice sort of nod to you know Disney movies and 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 old wives' tales and things like that. Um, but she's also she's controlling the horseman. She, she is controlling the horseman. Um, her sister lives in the woods and is a witch. Um, it's all a bit expositiony at the end, but I can I can get behind yeah. it. It's it's the kind of film where that kind of exposition dump works quite well. Um, where it's all very dramatic and, um, and, and, yeah. and works pretty decently, I think. Because it's at the end, it's fine. You're like, yeah, this is tying everything up. It's, it's kind of like got into murder mystery mode here and, you know, in direct contradiction to what everyone thought about it. But also after Johnny Depp's had his moment two-thirds of the way through, Oregon, this man did this and this man did this. There must be a conspiracy! And then you've got a, a bit more of the film and some more killing before it eventually tells you that uh, she was annoyed that she was poor or whatever. So she summoned the headless horseman. Because, <laughs> of course, it has to be about money or some kind of revenge thing from a human. It couldn't just be that the terrifying horseman is terrorizing the town. But I, I think that I think it works well that there is that reason behind it rather than there being a, a just a terrifying eldritch abomination of a headless horseman. Um, because because I think one thing that this movie does that's interesting is it plays off fantasy and genuine detective work in an interesting way. Um, because a lot of the time, a lot of the time, horror movies are actually surprisingly conservative in their morals. Um, in that, oh yeah, in that you know, obviously you've got the slasher movies where if you have sex, you will die. Um, the only person to survive is is a is a virgin girl. Um, it's it's very conservative in its moral standing from that point. But even beyond that, if you think about you know supernatural horror movies, often there is the 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 denier, the 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 skeptic, the scientist, and they're always proved wrong. Um, and actually, yeah. God is the way forward, and science is wrong. Um, and again, it, it it's very conservative in its approach which is surprising about a genre of movie which conservatives fucking despise more than any other um the horror <laughs> yeah. movie um, a rotting child's brains e- <laughs> exactly you know um whereas actually if they if they sat down and watched it they might realize oh wait this is a good way for us to to put forward you know our messaging that you can't trust science and you should listen to your parents and you shouldn't have premarital sex and everything like that. Um, whereas this movie, yeah, I think it's sanctity of life. Th- this, this movie I think does a really interesting thing in that. Yes, there is a, a fantastical element that cannot be understood by due process um, and by genuine detective work. But at the same time, he recognizes that there is a pattern there and so it's not just these random supernatural killings and i think it's this really interesting parallel where the the end result of this is a mixture of the supernatural being tied into human motivation yeah for sure and he renounces his faith is is the thing you say i renounced my faith when my father killed my mother and you think it's going to go back to like yeah god is going to save him and there's the whole thing of like the horseman can't enter the church but he still manages to kill Dumbledore anyway, so that's fine. Well, the, the the does he isn't it a big old spear or something that gets thrown through? The it's window? like it's the some isn't it like the chandelier or something yeah, like goes yeah. right through him. Yeah, you know the and Michael Gambon does a very good dead face. <laughs> he does an excellent dead face. Um, 
yeah, is that the, the weapons aren't stopped from entering the church, just him. So if he can find some way to get in there, it's fine. Um, but yeah, and, and so I, I, I do think that's interesting is that it plays off those two two ideas quite well um, in a way that often movies aren't able to do, particularly horror movies. And I, I wish we'd go back to having some more skeptical horror films um, where it looks like it's something supernatural and the skeptic is right because it it doesn't mean that it can't be scary um but i think i think we need more of that in the genre something to to play around with those long-standing tropes that even the most adventurous of filmmakers like um like ari aster still still come back to those same things of possession or or you know cults in the woods uh or or mental illness is is always results in violence that kind of thing um it would be really good to see people challenging those stereotypes of the genre and do something different with it yeah definitely that's what you should always do with this kind of thing because it is obviously a very tropey genre and one that that relies on convention and whereas you say there are lots there's lots of stuff that gets made that is just dumb nonsense so anything that's not that is good but that shouldn't necessarily be seen as a low bar no no exactly exactly like um have have we watched um uh leslie vernon on this on this podcast i don't believe so so that is something that hmm. do i i do have a shit piece lined up next for us to watch but if you yeah no let's not deviate from that no but next year we will watch behind the mask the rise of leslie vernon for this which is a a wonderful satire of the slasher genre and it it really understands all of the tropes that that goes into goes into making a slasher you've talked to me about this before i'm looking at it now it's it's very very good um so yeah we'll we'll watch that next year because it's got romance in it as well it's very interesting um so um so yeah we'll watch that next year but that that's what we need more of across all genres really is things that are able to sort of challenge the existing stereotypes that that are within their own genre and and try yeah for sure different and that's not to say that sleepy hollow like is a massively groundbreaking film because i don't know that it is but it's it's subtly so isn't it yeah exactly it's it's not gonna it's not pulling up any terrifying goth trees um with its approach but it's it's doing something interesting it's making you think and and i think that's to be commended in a movie that is all about just being as gothic as possible in a funny way and still you know is enjoyable on that pure level of i just want to watch an entertaining gothic horror film yes yeah exactly exactly Although Christopher Lee is in it and he's underused. He's literally... <laughs> it's just one scene, seconds, isn't it? So that's yeah. kind of disappointing. Um, I'm like, oh yeah, Christopher Lee's in it. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> and then you never see him again. Yeah. Um, Did you know that um, the Headless Horseman, when he's not got a head on, is played by Ray Park? Yes, yeah, I did know that. Yeah, Darth Maul. You, you, you know as Darth Maul. So, and as Ian McDiarmid's in it as well. Do you want to hear my theory? What's your theory? Sleepy Hollow is a Star Wars film. <laughs> oh, it's got sword. It's got Darth Maul and um, Emperor Darth, Palpatine Darth in Sidious it, and sword fighting. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's in the same universe. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. Um. Yeah. <laughs> And Darth Maul, he survives getting cut in half, doesn't he? So, like, how else could he do that if he's not, like, actually a headless horseman? Spoiler alert for Star Wars, Darth Maul gets chopped in half, but secretly he's still alive. Um, Yeah. In some of them, he's got a big robot spider body. I don't know if if you've seen that of Darth Maul. I've seen pictures of it. Yeah, it's really stupid. Star Wars is really dumb. Star Wars is ridiculous <laughs> Which, I, I, and has hilarious retcons. I do, I do love it. I do love Star Wars in all of its stupidity. But yeah, it is, you know, hey, this character is well liked. We better bring him back from the dead. They said about Darth yeah. Maul and Boba Fett and countless others. <laughs> oh, hang on, Christopher Lee. He's Count. He's, he's Count, Count Dooku. Dooku yeah, he? he's Count Dooku. So um, he's in the same universe as well. We've got we've got two apprentices to emperor palpatine and emperor palpatine in this movie yeah 
There can only be one. <laughs> exactly. Who was that, the master or the apprentice? Yeah, maybe that was actually why Christopher Lee wasn't in it more, because he knew that if he went to Sleepy Hollow, he'd get killed by Ray Park. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, anyway, right, have you got anything else you want to say about, about Sleepy Hollow? Uh, no, I don't think so. Just say that Richard Griffiths is very good, as always, doing his Richard Griffiths thing. You can't go wrong with that. It's brilliant. He, uh, one of the all-time greats, truly. Um, yeah. So, so shall I, shall I give you a little bit of trivia? Yes, please. Um, so, uh, Ichabod Crane's horse, um, was extremely flatulent on set <laughs> and provided a lot of amusement <laughs> for the cast and crew. Very good. Um, <laughs> uh, which I think is great. Um, Winona Ryder was offered the role of Katrina, but turned it down. Interesting. Um, which, which is which is interesting. Um, and was that do you think because she was trying to do different things at that point, or did she just not want to work with Johnny Depp again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, may, maybe she maybe she'd done enough of these movies with Tim Burton that she wanted to to, to go in a different direction. Um, uh, and uh, uh, finally, oh, um, you know, there's loads of trivia for this movie, but the most interesting thing as well, <laughs> well, it's interesting to me, is this was one of the last movies released on Laserdisc. Oh, man, I love a Laserdisc. <laughs> yeah. It's great, isn't it? Giant CD, yeah. basically. Yeah, exactly. Big old, big old CD. Um, but, That's one of the best trivia items we've ever had. <laughs> yeah, did you ever have a Laserdisc player? There was one in school. I think it was in like the science lab. Oh wow! We had some films on it. Yeah, really odd. I loved like just opening the massive drawer and sticking a disc in it. I it felt like a CD for a giant. I have never seen a lazy disc or a laser disc player. A lazy disc. It's a lazy disc. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I've I've never seen them, and I've never seen a player before. I'm gonna get you one for Christmas. <laughs> Um, yeah, they, yeah, I, I seem to remember that they were, they were lauded for having a better quality and more resilience than other, other, um, other formats. Um, and I think somewhere I've got a DVD set of Star Wars where you can't get original Star Wars on DVD, except this one set that I have where it's got the... Uh, the the remastered versions from George Lucas where he put in lots of terrible CGI. Um, yeah. And then there's a second disc which has the original movies, but rather than being from the original prints, they're taken from the laser disc releases of Star Wars. Um, right. Apparently. Um, but that's one of my most treasured pre- uh, possessions, which I think is it's now in storage because we're trying to move house soon. Um, right. But yes, if whenever I want, I can dust out the original Star Wars and have to watch it without there being a dance number in the middle of Return of the Jedi. <laughs> you want to make sure that Ray Park doesn't break into that storage unit and steal it. <laughs> you know, yeah, he's going to think, I'm not in these Star Wars movies, therefore they don't exist. Just yeah. Nothing. He's going to come around and chop your head off. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, that's it for old, uh, old Sleepy Hollow, though. Have you got anything else you want to add? No, just that it, it's it's good and it's a classic Halloween film. So if you haven't watched it now, watch it on watch it on Halloween. It's it's good. I I enjoyed it, and you know it has made me reassess my opinion of Tim Burton. Not that much. I still think that a lot of his work is for, as you say, wet milk drama student goths. But I think you're correct about the kind of timeline and that his early work is very good and very interesting, and that some of it is is worth its place in the in the film canon so you know i get it even if a lot of it is not really to my taste i i'm willing to revise my opinion slightly yeah i i think with tim burton you need to look at his work as being a lot less earnest than the people who enjoy it there's a cynicism and a satire but behind his work um and you can see it even with his early movies you look at the the um the way that he um 
he takes a, a very sharp knife to American suburbia in films like um, Beetlejuice and um, and Edward Scissorhands. Basically, the whole point of Edward Scissorhands is how awful it is to be in a, a normal family in the suburbs and all of the hypocrisies that come with that lifestyle. Um, and I, I think that's the sign... That's the side of his work which is really interesting is how he uses gothic imagery to portray current life or tell an entertaining story in a satirical manner, less so, oh, it's a sad goth romance. And I think a lot of people never got past the sad goth romance side of it and really missed out on what made those movies great. Yeah. I, I 100% agree. And also, this doesn't have Helena Bonham Carter in it. So, <laughs> that's a good thing. Oh, don't be mean to Helena Bonham Carter. <laughs> she is in... I just find that in the majority of her performances, she's playing an angry geography teacher. <laughs> oh, if you were a geography teacher... From a very fancy private school, but an angry geography teacher nonetheless. If you were a geography teacher, you'd be angry, though, let's be honest. Yeah, that's You'd be true. furious. Yeah. You know, that's true. you can't get out and see the world because there's COVID. No, and you, you've got to teach kids about Oxbow Lakes over Zoom. I get it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it's perfectly fine. I, I like her. I think, you know, she's great in Fight Club. She's got a real... You just don't like her because she plays a villain in Harry Potter. That's what it is. I, I... Yeah, there's something in that. Um, she she plays... does that in a very Tim Burton way. <laughs> yes. She also plays... Um, uh, Sherlock Holmes's mum in the new Enola Holmes movie. <laughs> oh, have good. you have you seen Enola Holmes yet? No, but it's every time I open Netflix, it's there. And I, oh, I really it's... like Millie Bobby Brown, but it looks really stupid. And it's... I hate Sherlock Holmes, so I'm never going to watch it. It's great, and it's not about Sherlock Holmes. And the Sherlock Holmes people who run his decaying corpses estate hate it. Have you heard about this? No. Um, they're trying to sue the movie because they claim it's still under copyright because, get this, um, although Sherlock Holmes is out of copyright now, they claim that because he portrays emotion in Enola Holmes, it's still under copyright because Sherlock Holmes didn't show emotion until the latest later um, stories. I don't understand how that relates to copyright. Well, they're claiming that because it comes up at that later on, um, it's still oh, so under do with some of them. Some of them are under copyright, and some of them aren't. What's that? Sorry, are some of them still under copyright, and some of them aren't? Yeah. So, later, so if you think of ones. so if you right. think of the timescales of when things come out of copyright, they're claiming that because he shows emotion in the later <laughs> ones, that um, they must be basing this character on on the Sherlock Holmes from the later um, stories. Go, uh, they owe the rotting corpse of sherlock holmes that's money. hilarious um copyright i'm gonna say something paddy i don't know if you'll agree because i know that you are a copyright um, is bad <laughs> i i know that you're you're a you're a literary man um you, you yep, are you're like a books. publishing man um copyright should come out as soon as the person who wrote the original work is dead sorry there's something your in fucking that. your fucking kid has no claim over making money on a story that the dad wrote or the mum wrote. Yeah, I, I, I'm open to that idea. Sure. Um, if it means that people that will stop the fucking ghouls who run Sherlock Holmes as a state from going after a stupid Netflix film, then yeah, why not? Yeah, like, because some bullshit on Netflix. Who cares? Because because what have they done to earn that money? They've done nothing to earn that money. I can completely understand it if it's the person who wrote the original work. Um, and and maybe you could have something like okay, well, if they die young, then maybe and they have children, then maybe for twenty years after they've died, or until the ch- until the children are old enough, you know, eighteen or twenty one or something like that, then um, then they have a claim to a certain percentage of the of the of the of the rights to any work based on their their parents' um, creations. But I'm sorry these people have had fuck all to do with Sherlock Holmes. They don't deserve any money off Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. I think what you really want is to put in some kind of literary trial system. So if you're like the child of a famous writer, you should have to try and write some books yourself to prove that you could have done it as well. 
before you can inherit the estate. I think we do a Hunger Games situation. <laughs> um, okay, one of you gets to keep the estate, but we're going to put the the inbred, <laughs> the 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 inbred children of Walt Disney <laughs> up against the Sherlock Holmes estate. <laughs> um, up against I don't know who else. Um, not Tolkien because I like I like um, the Tolkien family. I think they've done a really good job of preserving it. You know, they've done it in a very fair way. Um, but yeah. all of these other fucking, like you said, these ghouls that are just latching onto the yeah. works of their forefathers, not doing anything to actually control, to, to actually support them, apart from just dragging money out of other people. No, but if they you. didn't have a kid, like it's not even a direct descendant. It's just like someone no, who no, made their lawn it's, or whatever. It's, it's some fucking person who who made a load of money off it in the first instance and now is desperate to keep making money off something that they never made in the first place. Yeah, yeah, fuck off. Fuck off copyright. You, you can quote me on this. If I ever create a great work and then I die, don't give any I'm, money to my children. No, it'll pass to me, obviously, as your, as your <laughs> um, literary slash media partner. I assume that <laughs> exactly. I would be the executor of your literary estate. Yeah, give it all to the makers of Enola Holmes, just to spite the Sherlock Holmes people. Yeah, um, definitely. I'll give it all to Millie Bobby Brown. She yeah, give it all to. She definitely needs money. She's clearly not already incredibly rich. Um, anyway, right. How are we going to rate after this completely meandering? Rant, I'm sorry, everybody. But Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes's estate really annoyed me on that. And Enola Holmes is fun. You should watch it. We should also watch that Sherlock Holmes movie with Will Ferrell in. That that's the only Sherlock Holmes film really I want to watch. It looks really terrible, and I really it looks want to awful see it. in the best way. Yeah. Um, anyway, right. What's how it we... called? Holmes Buddy Boys. I can't remember what it's. I called. think it's just called Holmes and Watson, isn't it? That oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, right. How are we ranking? How are we ranking uh, Sleepy Hollow? Um, well, the how many severed heads are inside your tree of death, obviously. Oh, of course, of course. So I've got a solid fifteen severed heads inside my death tree. Yeah, I'm going to go just one lower and give it a 14. Excellent, excellent. Which is still, I think, a pretty good score. You know, it's 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 good on the scale. It's it's solid, solid Halloween film. As solid as a tree in the woods. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Don't yeah. cut into that tree to prove that to test that theory. No, no, you definitely shouldn't. Um, so uh, up next, I've got a treat for you. Good. Um, Not back in back in the nineteen forties, a very interesting movie called Cat People was released, which I was a real is a real forerunner to to modern horror movies and put forward a lot of interesting techniques uh, in terms of cinematography. Does Cats um, count as a modern horror film? <laughs> Cats definitely counts as a modern horror <laughs> film. Um, you know, it, it had what a lot of people think is the first jump scare in in horror. Um, it's a really yeah. interesting film, and at some point we should watch the 1940s version of cat people we're not watching that we are watching the trashy (laughs) 80s version cat people 1982 starring malcolm mcdowell oh okay that's what we're i saw him in something recently we watched bombshell you know that film about fox news oh Um, okay is he malcolm mcdowell played rupert murdoch in that film and he was oh that's very good just as an aside that is very good casting um, yeah, I love I love a bit of Malcolm McDowell. I'm not sure whether you're going to like Cat People. Oh wow, this looks it rubbish. <laughs> it's a, it's a glorious glorious moment of the 80s. I love um, the font. Yeah, it's beautiful, isn't it? Like yeah. on a like on a cheap aftershave. <laughs> yeah, it looks kind of like the last frame of a of a fragrance ad. <laughs> it really does. Um, yeah, so enjoy. Oh, this is where the David Bowie song comes from. Right. It is the best David yes. Bowie song. I think I knew this somehow. I, I'm being serious there, by the way. I really love Cat People by David Bowie, and I do consider it his best song. I love that song so much. Um, and it is unfortunately a lot better than the movie that it's attached to. But Good. you will find out for yourself, and we will discuss it on next week's episode. This looks great, actually. Genuinely very interesting. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm very excited and interested to watch this film. Excellent stuff. Excellent. Cool. 
Christopher Lee is the best. <laughs> I just wanted to say that. That is true. Um, cool. Okay. Have you got anything else to add? Um, no, I do not think so. Just thank you very much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. And we hope that um, you're still staying, staying safe and healthy and that, um, you know, watching kind of more scary horror films at a time like this, maybe for some people it's too much, but I find it actually quite a nice sort of escapist thing. I don't know about you. And I hope that, you know, um, you're getting some joy out of it this month. Yeah, I, I, I find a lot of fun in watching horror movies. All I've done this month so far is watch horror things, whether it's TV shows or movies, and God damn, it makes me happy. And I hope, I hope you, you're all enjoying it as well. Yes, we hope so. Um, you can find us on Twitter at BigBoysDon'tPod. You can email us, BigBoysDon'tCryPodcast.gmail.com. Always love to hear from you. Um, and there's a link in our show notes to where you can give us money if you like what we do. It's not like a sign-up thing or regular commitment thing. It's think, think, think of like a tip jar. Yeah, you know, if if you want us to be able to pay a visit to a spooky old um, old gothic town where there's a Hendus Horseman, then we can use that money to go and do that. Think of it as throwing a severed head into our tree of death. <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, and we'll be back next week to talk about Cat People, 1982. Cat People. Make your work hard, make your sweat hard. (laughs) (laughs) All right, bye bye. Bye.